regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad you've joined the program today. You know, as much as I want to talk about the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial, I'm afraid that by the time this gets posted, anything I might say is going to be uh, out of date. So I will tell you that uh, coming up on Tuesday, we are going to be uh, talking about the Rittenhouse trial. Uh, I just I wish that I could get this uh, video uploaded a little bit faster than what it takes, because I'm always afraid in breaking new situations like what we've got going on with the Rittenhouse trial, closing arguments, the jury getting it. By the time I get this video up where you can watch it, anything I say is uh, already going to be uh, contradicted. Or you'll already know that. So uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about the Rittenhouse trial tomorrow, because we may very well have a, uh, a verdict. In this case, by the time we uh, uh, record tomorrow's program. Today, on the other hand, we're going to be talking about what's going on in the Lone Star state of Texas, where Beto O'Rourke has made it official. He's running for governor. This is how the Texas Tribune covered it, by the way. Uh, Ends months of speculation and gives Democrats a formidable campaigner at the top of the ticket. Someone who transformed Texas politics with his blockbuster campaign against U.S. Senator Ted Cruz in 2018. Remind me again, how did that campaign work? Out for Beto, he uh, he lost, right? Yeah. And then in 2020, he decided to run for president, and he lost, and uh, now he's running for government. Is Beto O'Rourke really a formidable candidate, or is Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke more like the Harold Stassen of Texas politics? If you don't know who Harold Stassen is, by the way, uh, no Wikipedia, Google him, see, see what you find. Uh, anyway, I, I listen, I think, and I've said this before, <laughs> I don't know what Matthew McConaughey was going to do, but Matthew McConaughey was going to be a, a much more formidable candidate than uh, Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke will be, I suspect, anyway. Uh, Texas Tribune says that uh, the former El Paso congressman said he was running for governor to improve public schools, health care, and jobs in Texas, but he also took sharp aim at Greg Abbott's record, signed a new law as he backed this year that banned most abortions in Texas, tightening voting rules, and allowed permitless carry of handguns. Also criticized Abbott over the February power grid failure that left most of the state without electricity and sub-freezing temperatures, and his response to the coronavirus pandemic that has recently been focused on fighting vaccine and mask mandates. And you know, Governor Greg Abbott's popularity has taken a hit uh, in the state of Texas. But when you compare Greg Abbott to Beto O'Rourke, <laughs> I gotta say, I think I think most Texans are gonna say, all right, well, these are my two choices. Then, uh, yeah, I'm siding with Abbott as opposed to uh, Wrong Way O'Rourke, which is what Greg Abbott has been labeling Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke. Season on multiple positions he's taken since last running statewide. And at the top of the list, reports the Texas Tribune, is O'Rourke's proposal to require buybacks. Let's call them what they are. They're not buybacks because the government didn't sell you these guns in the first place. These are compensated confiscation programs. And Beto O'Rourke wants to, you know, he ran for president. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s. Hell yes, we're coming for your AK-47s, right? That's how he ran for president. We saw how well that worked out. But now Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke apparently wants to try to do the same thing only statewide in the state of Texas. Yeah. He says he's not backing away. He says, I think most Texans can agree. Maybe all Texans can agree that we should not see our friends, our family members, our neighbors shot up with weapons that were originally designed for use on a battlefield. I think that uh, Texans can agree that violent crime is a horrible thing, but I also think that most Texans will agree that banning one of the most commonly owned firearms in the country is unconstitutional. 
And it is, uh, uh, I would argue, uh, not only a violation of our Second Amendment rights, but even if you, like Robert Francis, Beto O'Rourke, don't really think that we have a right to keep and bear arms, I would argue that banning these firearms does far more harm than good. Why? Well, think about it. The FBI says that each and every year, more people are murdered with fists and feet than with a rifle of any kind. So this is honestly about reducing violent crime. It's not going to have any different. I mean, it's not going to have any impact. Right? You might as well try to ban people making a fist. You'd be more successful. So instead, what are you going to do? You're going to criminalize the exercise of a civil right. You're going to tell people, hey, if you continue to possess this gun that you legally purchased and lawfully own, well, now you're going to be a felon. Now you're going to go to prison because you didn't turn your gun over when we told you to. How many people in the state of Texas do you think are going to disregard that edict if Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke is ever in a position to issue one? I'm guessing there are going to be a lot of gun owners in Texas whose response will be, come and take it. And then what do you do? What do you do? So again, what problem are we trying to solve here? Trying to solve the problem of individuals committing wanton acts of violence against innocents, right? And it's a very small number of individuals who are engaging in this type of behavior. But rather than focus on those individuals, rather than try to uh, identify them before they uh, commit these evil acts, maybe try to get them help, at least you know, try to get them uh, uh, some attention from mental health professionals or law enforcement, whichever is more appropriate, Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke's argument is no. We don't need to do that at all. What we need to do is instead of dealing with this very small universe of individuals who are a threat to themselves and others, we need to actually focus on everybody else, right? Because if we can ban their guns, we can ban their magazines, we can regulate their right to keep their arms and confine it to such a small space, then maybe the small number of people over here aren't going to commit violent crimes. That's not how it works. These are individuals who don't mind taking it. They're, 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 not only do they not mind taking human life, that is their intent. That is their goal. They're going to be stopped because Beto says, well, you can't own that gun. No, they're not. And it's absolutely absurd to argue otherwise. You want to save lives? You don't do it by banning guns. You want to save lives? You don't do it by restricting people's right of self-defense. You want to save lives? You focus on those few individuals who are interested in taking innocent human life. There's a way to do it. Beto's just not interested. So Robert Francis, Beto O'Rourke, believes that he can be the next governor of Texas by running on a gun ban platform. How do you think that's going to work out? We've got a little bit of an indication here. Texas Tribune notes, while Governor Greg Abbott's approval rating has sunk to his lowest level since he became governor back in 2014, O'Rourke starts as an underdog. The latest University of Texas Texas Tribune poll found Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke trailing Abbott by nine points. And asked how he would approach this campaign compared to his uh, 2018 win. O'Rourke said he'd be taking his cues from Texans. (laughs) Yeah. 
if, if Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke were really interested in doing that, he wouldn't be running on a gun ban. So he's not interested in listening to the people of Texas unless they're the ones parroting back his uh, anti-Second Amendment attitudes. It's going to be a fun race to cover. And again, I, you know, I, I suspect that um, while in an ordinary year, Governor Greg Abbott might be into some trouble. Uh, you know, he's been governor since 2014. Maybe there are folks who are ready for a change. They're, they're, they're not necessarily rock hard uh, liberals, but, uh, you know, eh, he's been there for a while. I'm ready to give somebody else another shot. I, I, I think the fact that the uh, Democrats are likely to nominate Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke, I, again, I think when the choice is between those two candidates, even some folks who may be ready for a change in the Lone Star State, are going to side with Greg Abbott instead of the guy who wants to take their guns or throw them in prison if they keep them. But we'll be following very closely the uh, Texas Democratic primary. Will Matthew McConaughey jump into the race? Kind of doubt it. Kind of doubt it. But I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a bruising primary fight between uh, Robert Francis, Beto O'Rourke, and uh, Matthew McConaughey, both of whom, by the way, are opposed to your right to own modern sporting rifles. Doesn't matter if we're talking about uh, O'Rourke or McConaughey. Neither of them believe that you have a right to own the most commonly sold rifle in America today. All right, uh, turning our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a story out of Utah, where a murder suspect has been arrested in the shooting at a wedding in uh, Midvale, Utah, outside of Salt Lake City. And as it turns out, this guy known to police, 19-year-old Guillermo Herrera, booked on Saturday on suspicion of first-degree murder, three counts of aggravated assault, as well as a firearm transaction offense, obstruction of justice, and riot, all uh, felony offenses. According to Fox 13, uh, Mr. Herrera, already on the radar of law enforcement, he was on probation at the time of this shooting. He's awaiting sentencing for a 2020 shooting that left a victim paralyzed, according to court documents. So this guy's been convicted of a shooting last year that left a victim paralyzed, but for some reason, he was out on bond while he was awaiting sentencing. I don't understand that. You know he's going to prison. He shot somebody, paralyzed them. Why not keep him behind bars until his sentencing if you want to apply the time that he spent from the guilty verdict or the guilty plea to the time that he was sentenced. If you want to apply that as part of his sentence, fine. But releasing somebody who's been convicted of a shooting until they're sentenced for that crime, that's absurd. And unfortunately, it sounds like it led to the loss of an innocent human life there in Utah. Now, today's Armed Citizen story from the U.S. territory of Guam, where the Second Amendment does actually apply. There's been some debate about that. Guam used to have some of the most restrictive gun laws imaginable, but uh, yeah, even the Heller and McDonald decisions apply to a U.S. territory. And so over the past decade or so, uh, there have been gun stores that have opened up in Guam. There have been ranges. Uh, it, it is now possible for you to buy a handgun, and it is possible for you to act in self-defense or defense of another, which is what happened here. I put a gun in his face. Neighbor stops home invasion. On the island of Guam. This is from the Pacific Daily News. Uh, the uh, armed citizen question, Albert Manansala, who heard a, a commotion at his neighbor's home uh, on a, a recent Monday morning, looked through a window, saw a guy trying to force himself into the house. Manansala says, I grabbed my gun, 
And I went and I made sure that the front area is clean because you don't know how many there are. And then I ran back and I saw him and I chased him. He said, I put a gun in his face and I said, I want to see your hands. Let me see your hands. I don't want to shoot you today. The man that he stopped, a guy named Eric Fortas, had been released from prison just a couple of days earlier, serving time on a theft by receiving charge after he was found driving a stolen vehicle in 2019. He'd also been charged with a drug offense in 2018. And shortly before Man and Sala intervened, he was apparently trying to get into that neighbor's home, reaching through the door, grabbing at the residence inside. So this wasn't even a matter of a burglary. This was a guy trying to get inside an occupied home with the residents inside, very concerned for their life. And they struggled to keep Fortis out. Homeowners repeatedly slammed the door on his arm, but he continued to try to force his way inside, according to court documents. Uh, Man and Sala uh, owns a hobby shop in uh, Dededo, Guam. He says, the day was so lucky I didn't get to work early. He said, imagine if I went to work on time that day. He could have killed my neighbors, and I would have felt really bad that I wasn't there. Well, Fortis arrived. Excuse me, yeah, police arrived. They arrested Fortis. He's been charged with home invasion, burglary, assault, and harassment. Thankfully, the crime did not escalate any further because Mr. Manansala was there with his firearm, uh, able to hold that suspect until police arrived. And uh, who knows, very well, may have saved some lives in the process. Now, today's good deed of the day from uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, where a police officer uh, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing for a uh, gentleman who was in the midst of a uh, mental health crisis. This was uh, just uh, well, it was a couple of weeks ago. It was back on October the 20th, apparently, uh, when uh, this officer, Officer uh, T.S. Emmons, responded to a person sitting on the guardrail along I-40 in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Emmons said he was paranoid, he was agitated, he was saying a bunch of things. He said, I was trying to get him away from the travel lane because he was ri walking right on the yellow line. He said cars were swerving. He almost got hit a few times before I could get him away. And so he's communicating with this individual who, again, is walking, you know, right on the line in between, you know, busy traffic uh, and the uh, basically the breakdown lane. And the guy tried to lunge in front of cars. Emmons says, I jumped with him. He said, I was able to grab a hold of him, bring him back over to the shoulder, and just kind of hold him there until other officers could arrive because he was still trying to get back up and go into traffic. Officer Emmons said he eventually was able to calm the man down. He said, it felt like a lifetime, but it was probably like two minutes. He said, I think he recognized that he needed help once he realized we were there to help him and not harm him. Uh, and uh, Emmons uh, says that, uh, you know what? If you are if you're having a crisis, if you've reached that point, he said, reach out. Don't feel ashamed to reach out. He says, there's always somebody willing to talk to you. And uh, as a result of that life-saving encounter, Officer Emmons says he plans to sign up for more training uh, dedicated to help him deal with uh, similar situations in the future. But uh, I tell you what, he saved a life that day. So uh, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Officer T.S. Emmons there in Greensboro, North Carolina. We thank you for your very, very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I do want to thank you for being a part of the program today. We will be back tomorrow. Yes, we're going to be talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial on the show. Hopefully, we may even have a, a jury verdict. I know what I think, based on having watched most of the trial. Uh, you know, spending hours a day listening to the testimony. I, I don't believe that prosecutors have proven beyond a reasonable doubt that Kyle Rittenhouse was not acting in self-defense that night. But we'll see what a jury has to say. We're going to find out what you have to say as well. Uh, don't forget, by the way, 
Check out BarryandArms.com throughout the weekday. Well, any day of the week, actually. We're updating the uh, website on the weekends, too. But since this is a Monday, don't forget to check out the website throughout the course of the week for even more of the latest Second Amendment news amendment stories, Second Amendment news stories that uh, you need to know about. We've got you covered. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP member. Just go to BarryandArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you'll get a significant discount on your VIP membership. That's going to give you exclusive analysis, commentary, news stories you won't find anywhere else. But also, it's a really good way for you to show your support for what we're doing here. It allows us to uh, to bring you programs like this each and every day. We're going to be traveling to the SHOT Show in Las Vegas and bringing you first-hand reports from there uh, in the very near future. Couldn't do it without you. So until we talk again, be well, be safe. Be free.